Hello, welcome to this Thursday, late afternoon, early evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Later on in this episode, we will be having Chad from Penguins Twitter on. He's probably going to bring the heat after what happened last night. Um, I'm probably going to bring it first. We all know what happened last night. The Penguins very embarrassing 4-3 to loss to the Montreal Canadiens to go down two games to one in the series, and they will face... Elimination tomorrow afternoon on Sidney Crosby's birthday. That will be a 4 p.m. game. So let's just get right on into it. So Penguins, you know, they struggled out of the gate yesterday. They give up the opening goal because, you know, Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz love to be out of position. Matt Murray had no chance. But after that, the team actually looked really, really good. They get the tying goal on the power play. Then they get another power play. They score again. And it's like, wow, the power play has woken up. They've played well at even strength. Just continue to do this, and you'll win this game, and you'll win this series. They get another goal later on in the period to make it 3-1 to one in the second period, of course. Teddy Bluger gets his first ever playoff goal off of a wonderful play from Brandon Tanev. I could not believe he just blew past Victor Mete like it was nothing. I will always continue to eat crow on Brandon Tanev. He has been absolutely sensational for this team. Zach Aston Reese, I think, had the follow-up, and... I was about ready to scream because Carey Price made a hell of a save, but then blew your way after that crash and that, and that went in. So basically, so it's 3-1 halfway through the second period. It's like, okay, you know, team's playing well. They're playing mostly good defensively. The top four's looking good. The forwards are playing good at even strength. I know the third line is struggling. It's like, okay, this is a Montreal team that doesn't know how to score. This should be, you just put them away, right? Well, not so fast. You know, the third pairing of Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz decided to vomit on themselves Time after time after time last night. And I guess I'm just going to start there um, for this first segment. Um, It's time for Jack Johnson to go. It's time for him to not play again in this series. It's time for him to never play again in a Penguin uniform. That should be the last game he ever plays as a Pittsburgh Penguin. Um, I know I tweeted last night he needs just to be sent to the trench. You know, it's just basically like a Titanic hitting the iceberg head on instead of trying to go around it. He just, he doesn't fit. He's been bad for a long time and this is just not working out. You know, for, for so long, we've all been hearing, oh my God, let, let Jack Johnson play in the system. He doesn't know it yet. Oh my God, Jack Johnson plays on his offside. Oh my God, Jack Johnson's playing too many minutes. Yeah, Jack Johnson will be just fine in a sheltered role. And it's these people that just carry the water for the team, the people that don't look at the numbers or the people that just have a very bad eye test for what they're watching. And you know what? This guy flat out stinks. And do you think we like harping on this guy for everything that he's been through with his life, with his bankruptcy, you know, his family just being idiots and so much more that it looks like has gone on with his life? I mean, no. I mean, of course not. You know, I've always wanted to eat crow with this signing, but as soon as it happened, people said, you know, including myself, this is not going to go the way you think it is. You know, Jim Rutherford said, oh yeah, I know the real reason why Jack Johnson was scratched. Obviously, you really didn't because he's been this bad. John Tortorella was scratching him for the right reasons because, oh yeah, he's pretty, pretty crap. And this was evidenced so many times yesterday. You know, the Penguins are up 3-1. Jack Johnson, Justin Schultz, for some reason, decides to switch places. And Justin Schultz, I mean, we're going to get to him too. But for God's sake, can't even lift Jonathan Drouin's stick. And Drouin is allowed an easy goal to make it 3-2. to It's like Justin Schultz, you literally have one job there in that situation and you can't even do it. And then the tying goal, so we're just going to continue to harp on Jack Johnson. I know John Marino had the turnover. That can't happen. I mean, that's probably John Marino's first mistake in his life that he's ever made. But when Matt Murray is going from coast to coast, Jack Johnson's just sitting there, not even doing anything, just 
literally sitting there. And then Paul Byron's allowed to wrap it around. And then afterwards, he gives them a nice cross check. It's like, yeah, Jack Johnson, where's the cross check when he's actually trying to do that? Not after when he's, you know, scored the tying goal. It's just a comedy of errors when he's out there with Justin Schultz. That pairing is just so, so bad. And, you know, I love Mike Sullivan as much as anyone. He's a top five coach in this league. He's a top two coach in this franchise's history. I think if he wins another cup for this organization, if he gets the chance to do so, he would be considered the best coach in Penguins history. I absolutely love him. He is a brilliant tactician. But you know what? These are the kind of moves that get you fired, especially after you're getting swept by the Islanders last season when you continue to play Johnson. And now here, when you're about to potentially lose to the 24th ranked team in the Stanley Cup playoffs, this is the kind of stuff that gets you fired. It's stubbornness, it's incompetence, it's ignorance, it's whatever bad word you want to use. That is what he's doing. It just does not make any sense. And the worst part about it is five minutes are left in the game. This was after Jeff Petrie had that ridiculous shot that goes in off Matt Murray. We'll get to Matt Murray um, a little bit later. But, I mean, you have five minutes left in the third period. You're down a goal. You're really icing Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz out there with the third line. It's like, are you kidding me? This you're, this is not the time and place to be running four lines. I mean, you have to load up on your top line. Put Cindy Crosby and Evgeny Malkin on your top line. Put Jason Zucker and Brian Russ out there. And then for the six on four, which they did, and then the six on five, they put Justin Schultz out there instead of Brian Rust or freaking Jason Zucker, who have scored in this series. And it's like, Mike Sullivan, like this isn't 2017 anymore. Justin Schultz was perfect in his first couple years here. He was awesome in 2016-17. But you know what? The honeymoon phase has been over for a long time. Putting Justin Schultz out there in that situation is just, it's just comedy. It's a stupid decision. It's not a decision that you should be making. And it was just so awful to see Jack Johnson you know, fumbling the puck late in regulation. Same with Justin Schultz. I think Crosby had like a beautiful pass to Schultz and Schultz basically falls down without anyone near him. And it's like, why is he on the ice in these situations? It just does not make any sense. But going back to Jack Johnson, you have to sit him and Justin Schultz in this game, especially Jack Johnson. He cannot play another game in this series. He cannot play another game for this organization. I don't care what anyone says. It's just, it's absolutely ludicrous that if he plays another game for this team. And going back to Justin Schultz, you know, it's the same thing, man. It's, it's going to be really good to see Justin Schultz away from this team next season. Has not been the same since 2017. He's just, he's gone off the rails. I'm going to feel really, really bad for whatever team signs him. I'm hoping that he could work out for another team, but, you know, he makes too much money to be this bad. And he's just been a tire fire defensively this series as well. So what does it hurt to ice Yuso Rikla and Chad Ruvido for tomorrow's game? It, it literally would, would not hurt. You're, you're, being, you're desperate. You're up against the wall. You're facing elimination. Put those two players on the ice. I'm sure they could do a better job than Jack Johnson and Justin Jones. Jack Johnson has been on the ice for five of the eight Canadians goals this series. That is absolutely, utterly terrible. And you know what? Sean Gentilly wrote a great tweet last night. He goes, guys, it's not that he's just on the ice for these goals. He is actively causing them. Jesse Marshall, who's been on this podcast before, had a really great tweet last night as well, basically saying, you know, you cannot put him on the ice anymore. You know, you're just, you're sinking your own ship if you continue to do this. So, you know, I'm hoping that they get to do that. Um, before we get to our commercial break and we bring uh, Chad on, I, I am going to talk about the goaltending situation. Sean Gentilly of The Athletic, who, of course, I just mentioned, he also read a really good article saying, you know, he thinks that the Penguins should bench Matt Murray. 
And I can kind of see where he's going from it because if the Penguins aren't going to make an obvious decision and bench Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz, then just take Murray out of the lineup because he really doesn't deserve this. I mean, it would be really unfortunate if that's how his Penguin tenure ended with all the good that he's done. I thought he was really good in game two. I'm not going to blame him for last night's game. I know that game, that fourth goal, a little bit of a softy, but also when I went back and watched the replay, that was also a perfectly placed shot. But still, you know, you can't always rely on Matt Murray to always bail out your third defensive pair and your third line and just always bailing you out in general, as he basically was trying to do last night. But, I mean, you know, what the hell. If they go to Tristan Jari, they go to Tristan Jari. You're, you're throwing everything against the wall here. I'd also take out Sam Lafferty, put Evan Rodriguez in. I think that's an obvious decision. I don't know why they decided to put Sam Lafferty in for Jared McCann. They should have just went out and put Rodriguez in for Jared McCann. And, you know, the thing is, Mike Sullivan explained after the game, oh, yeah, Jared McCann thing, like, that was a a performance-based healthy scratch. So it's like, okay, so you're going to scratch Jared McCann for performance-based reasons because he's been dog shit for two games, but you're not going to do the same thing for Jack Johnson, Justin Schultz, who have been on the ice for almost every single Montreal Canadiens goal this series. Explain that to me like I'm five. That just does not make any sense at all. And to wrap this segment up, I will say those last 30 minutes of hockey after the Penguins ended up 3-1, to one, that was some of the worst Penguins hockey I think I've ever watched as long as I've just been watching this team. That was just absolutely awful. There was no energy, no loyalty, no spirit, just an absolutely embarrassing last 30 minutes of hockey for this team. There is no excuse with how loaded this team is to put in a performance for those last 30 minutes like the way they did last night. That was absolutely disgusting to watch. And, you know, they play like that on Cindy Crosby's birthday. They will be out in a hurry. And with that, it is now time to talk about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. You can write Locked On in their How Did You Hear From Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast, and we do have Chad from Penguins Twitter. He's been on here with Josh Shoei a couple times. He's also been on here a couple times by himself. It's always really great to have him come back on the podcast. Uh, Chad, how you doing, man, especially after uh, last night? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I'm doing good in general. Thanks for asking, but, you know, I was counting on the, the Penguins to give me some much-needed serotonin. You know, give me some joy and happiness to distract me from, you know, some of the stuff that's been going on in the world. And I'm glad hockey's back. I'm not going to lie, I miss watching hockey, but that that game last night was an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, it was really bad on all accounts. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to give the floor to you, man. Uh, I talked, to, I gave my thoughts on in the first segment, just, you know, Jack Johnson, Justin Schultz, Matt Murray, you know, you, the floor is yours. <laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, the thing about, like, Johnson Schultz, I mean, obviously, you know, for those of you, I'm sure most people that are listening to this are on Twitter and follow you or follow me or the same people. I mean, they talk about, like, beating a dead horse, and I get it. Like, it's, it, you know, the, the real-life, uh, you know, that would be, like, talking about COVID all the time, right? Like, non-sports, like, oh, tired of talking about masks and COVID, tired of talking about Jack Johnson, tired of hearing about Jack Johnson, beating a dead horse. He's not the only guy on the team. This, you know how to stop to, to get people to stop talking about a, a dead horse? You stop trotting the dead horse out there. <laughs> uh, 
You know, I'm tired of watching Jack Johnson play just as much as you're, you're tired of hearing me talk about being tired of watching Jack Johnson play. Uh, there, there's a simple resolution there, and that's to stop playing an objectively bad player. And that's the thing that I don't get. I mean, there are players that we can go back and forth with. Dom, Dominic Simone was a good word. We're like, there are people even in the analytics uh, crowd that will say, yeah, he still doesn't give you the value needed, but we can also look at you know some numbers and some visuals that show that he has Jack Johnson. It doesn't matter if you have someone that's using video now, uh, now uh, to analyze his game. It doesn't matter if you're if you're looking at one of the analytics guy and it's just numbers. He's bad. No matter how you view him, he's bad. I mean, he can't even do the regular normal things. He just you know, in, in positions where you know, okay, okay, you know, that happens to everybody. I'm talking about the half boards winning a puck battle, passing the puck back to the point to Jack Johnson. Okay, right there is possession where all Jack Johnson has to do is either shoot it, be quiet, pass it, or if he doesn't feel confident in doing that, if it's not in his wheelhouse, it's not in everybody's wheelhouse, it's fine. Then you just simply swipe the puck back down the boards to maintain possession. What comes to him? What happens? He panics because he knows that he doesn't have the skill to do any of those things that we just mentioned. And guess what? A breakout happens to him when Montreal scores a goal. It's, it's all series. It's happened during his entire Penguins tenure. He was a lemon from the beginning. We told everybody that that didn't have Penguins you know, straight vision on for the you know, tunnel vision with the Penguins. We all said, hey, this is not a good signing. Then some of us said, okay, we'll give it a year. We'll make Sergei Gonchar. We'll do you know, some of his work, some of his magic on it. But in, re- in reality, he was always a lemon. It's like if you went out and bought, bought a used car, all your friends said, hey, yo, don't buy that car, man. You're going to throw your money away. $4,000, $5,000, you're going to throw it away because you're going to put twice as much of that into the maintenance. It's going to need a new motor. It's going to need new brakes and rotors and all this stuff. And you were like, no, man, I-, I know what I'm doing. I know a lot about cars. I can fix it. I can make it better. Trust me, the other car owners, they didn't know what they had in their car. I mean, that is literally what we have inspired Jack Johnson. Columbus benched him. We, the Penguins beat Columbus. They benched him. They knew that he was bad. He was a minus four mm-hmm. in the playoff series. Now he's a minus seven in six playoff games. The Penguins. I mean, he is bad. He brings no value to this team. And now they have a chance to lose to a completely inferior team in the first round in embarrassing fashion. And the reason is they continue to do the same thing over and over again. It's embarrassing, and absolutely, uh, they should think about putting some people on the hot seat. Yeah, uh, you hit the nail on the head basically with all that. It is absolutely infuriating that Mike Sullivan, for whatever reason, you know, he's choosing to live on this hill, die on this hill, and just continues to trot him out there, especially in a bunch of circumstances. You know, last night, Chad. Five minutes remaining in the game. You're down 4-3. Oh, yeah, let's put Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz on the ice with the third line. It's like, no! Like, you have to shorten the bench. The, the top four had been playing really, really good. They almost have to go, like, a la Nashville when they had their insane top four, but they're really bad bottom pairing and basically say, you know what? Play them eight minutes a night because that's exactly what Nashville did for a lot of their 2017 run to the cup final. Was they just rode their top four and then they just played that bottom pairing, very limited minutes. But no, Mike Sullivan just wants to play them 15, 16 minutes a night, and it's like that's just not going to work. And 
Jack Johnson is just... It's crazy to me how the goalposts have always moved with this player. Ah, oh, no, like you said. Ah, oh, no, it's his first season. Oh, no, he's on his offside. Oh, he's been through a lot in life. Oh, this, oh, that. And it's just like, you know, we knew this was going to happen. And it's just, it, it's just, it boggles my mind that he just continues to get playing time. I saw Jesse Marshall's tweet last night that this should be the final shift that he takes in in the series but also in the series but also tonight but i honestly that should be the final shift that he t- takes as a member of this organization he should not come back next season yeah and what and what it is is you no know, i and even further on that and i think you and i talked about this before where i think i mean at this point you know people say oh it's not jack Johnson's fault that's fine. That's uh, it's a straw man argument because no one's ever said that it's once. I, I will never blame a single player for a team losing the game, but he is the biggest reason why they are down. If we, if we're putting everybody, giving everybody a, a piece of cake as far as you know whose fault. You know, and we're distributing it as far as whose fault it is on the on the pie chart, on the cake chart, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you know, Jack Johnson gets the biggest piece. He is the biggest reason why they're down. So then you have to say, okay. Why is he still playing? Why is he still playing as much? Why is he still playing with five minutes down when it's a close game in a playoff game? It's arrogance. That's there's there's no other reason, right? I mean, other than the the Penguins are literally paying someone three point two five million dollars to just fool all their fans. That's the only other uh, conspiracy theory I can come up with is it's just stubbornness and arrogance by Rutherford and Sullivan, who yes, they won two cups and they deserve a lot of you know you get a lot of a lot of, you get a really long leash in this town if you win eight championships. You win two championships back to back. I mean, for, for and, and look, we, we are. I mean, they lost to Washington, you know, that the year after they won back to back cups. None of us rational fans, I, I, honestly, I was mentally exhausted from playoff. They were gassed. They were, yeah, gassed. I was like, yeah, yeah well, that's no big deal. Washington, you know, you knew their time was coming. Okay. Okay. Now you lose in embarrassing fashion to the Islanders. And everybody kind of still was like, okay, you know, they're getting slower. Crosby, Malkin, and Latang are getting older. But you look at this roster on paper and you go, this is still probably a top 12 team in the league, top 10, maybe top five roster wise. Yeah. And now they're going to lose to Montreal, who, if we didn't have a pandemic and, and weren't living, <laughs> weren't playing in a bubble, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs. Yeah. They're not even the playoff team. They're losing to a bad team that is that was really hoping they didn't even want to be in the playoffs. They want to get the number one draft. Because <laughs> they're not they're not a cup contender. If you lose to them, I mean at that point, you gotta start looking in the mirror and saying, Hey, we're going backwards. We're regressing. We're not progressing. We're regressing. And Mike Sullivan has to be great coach. He has not gotten better. It, all Playing his favorites, look, it worked. He, he pressed all the right buttons. But you're not going to press all the right buttons every single time. You have to adjust. Maybe, just maybe, I might have chosen the wrong thing. It's no problem. Listen, I'm not expecting, no, I'm not expecting a cup of your height. I'm realistic. I have no problem being wrong. What I have a problem with is being wrong over and over and over again and then telling everyone else that you're not wrong. That I will not stand for. That that to me is Mike Sullivan's biggest flaw as a coach. Yeah, and I'm glad you did bring that up. I mean, it's no secret. I think everyone knows I love Mike Sullivan. I think he's a top five coach in this league. 
I think he's a top two coach in this franchise's history. But, you know, his stubbornness, whatever you incompetence, ignorance to just let this problem go on, it's just I, like I said earlier, you know, it's the hill that he's chosen to die on and he's he's regressed in that regard. You know, he pushed all the right buttons, as you said, with the Matt Murray, Matt, Marc-Andre Fleury thing. You know, when Marc-Andre Fleury had a bad 13 minutes in 2017, oh, he took him out for Matt Murray. So also when Jared McCann has a bad couple of games, oh, he takes him out for Sam Lafferty, who then really didn't play well. But when Jack Johnson has two really bad games in a row and has been on the ice for five of the eight Canadians' goals and is basically directly causing them and you're still not going to scratch him potentially for tomorrow, I mean, that's just, to me, that speaks well, volumes. It's even worse than when he scratches Jared McCann, who's 24 years old. And yes, I've been on, you know, I've I've talked, I've called out Jared McCann. He he has not, you know, he he's so, I mean, you talk about streaky. I mean, this guy hasn't scored a goal the last time he scored a goal, we were not even dealing with COVID. That's how long this dude has yeah. not scored a goal. Like, he has not scored a goal in forever. But guess what? He's a 24-year-old player who has proven to be a definitely more valuable player than, than Jack Johnson ever will dream of being. And, okay, okay, I have no problem. You scratch him. You know, you don't like the way he's playing. But, again, when if you preach to me, and I've heard, like, some of them talk about player accountability. Okay, if you're going to use the word accountability, then it has to be – everyone has to be held accountable. Don't bench the goalie or Jared McCann, but then continue to try out Justin Schultz and, and Jack Johnson, who no other two players have played worse than those two guys, objectively. If you think otherwise, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Nothing you can say will back that up. Other than maybe Patrick Orley, who's like 70 years old. I mean, if it, you know, so you're preaching about player accountability, but McCann gets benched with Justin Schultz. Not only does he not get benched, he's more that he did in game two. He was out the last minute. Yeah. He was the extra skater. Yeah. So if you're telling a team and you're saying, oh, player accountability, if you don't play, if you know, if you, I'm going, well, well then why, why the hell is there some shoots on the ice? Yeah. It's, that, that, that was honestly one of the most maddening things to, to watch last night. It was just honestly comical. I was just laughing at my TV. The, the extra attacker comes and they get the power play as well. You're putting Schultz on the ice over someone such as Brian Russ, who is the team's leading goal scorer, and someone such as Jason Zucker, who they just acquired, and, oh, has goals in back-to-back playoff games. And you're telling me you're going to trust Justin Schultz out there who was handling the puck like a grenade all night. That was <laughs> a, I think I'm pretty sure that he that he got the puck and instantly fell down and turned it over. Yes. He did. I think I think that was a play when Cindy Crosby tried to feed a pass to him for almost a one timer, and Schultz just basically fell down. It was just unbelievable. But I mean, Chad, there's no way Yuso Rikula and Chad Ruvido could be worse, right? There's just no way. Uh, I, I, I've seen people ask that question. Here's the thing: <laughs> they would be better. Yeah. They, they've proven to be better. They can handle the puck. They can skate. I mean, listen, I'm, they're not going to go out there and be all-star guys. They're not. They're fringe NHL players. But here's the thing. Fringe, being a fringe NHL player, meaning that maybe some nights you might play, some nights you might, you might go down to the NHL, you know, where you're there if you need to. That status is still better than whatever the hell Justin Schultz and Schultz and Jack Johnson. Right now, they are netting negative results all game Every game. So even if Jack or uh, Chad Arino and and Yusufikula went out there and they just did nothing, they just they didn't they weren't on the ice for a goal against, but they weren't on the ice for a goal four, and they just like trotted around just completely average. 
that would still be an improvement over whatever the hell these two guys are doing. Yeah, that, that, and that's the funny thing about it. That, that's I, I just can't believe we're having that conversation about those two players because they they honestly should have been in the lineup by now, but for every reason, <clears throat> excuse me, Mike Sullivan just you know does not want to do it. Um, Chad, I also wanted you know there's I saw the article from Sean Gentilly about um, the Matt Murray situation because and I, I loved how he basically wrote you know. If you're not going to bench the two obvious players that need to be benched, you know what, just pull Matt Murray because he doesn't really deserve this anyway. And I know it would be a pretty sad way for his Penguins tenure to end, especially as Game 3 was not really his fault. I mean, that Jeff Petrie goal, I've gone back and forth on it. I think he should have made the save, but also it was a nice shot. But, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I mean, starting Tristan Jari, I mean, why the hell not, I guess? Yeah, I mean, anytime you're, you're you know, You've you've gone out there and you're you're, you're losing to an inferior team. I mean, Tristan Jari had a great year. He made the All Star team. Uh, he was an All Star goalie. He had great stats. Although, if if we all recall, like uh, since like December, he and Murray were kind of netting similar results uh, towards the end before they they went on shutdown. Um, I mean, yeah, why not? Again, it would bug me if I'm Matt Murray and I got benched because honestly, I mean, he gave up four goals. But his save percentage for this series is is decent. It's nine fourteen. Yeah, I mean, they won a Stanley Cup with a guy posting lower than that. So just imagine if you think that's bad. You know what they what they had to overcome in, in previous years. He has league average numbers. So if you want to make Murray the scapegoat, which plenty of people obviously do, that's fine with me. I still my question to everyone else would be: If Tristan Jari had started game, all these games, do you think they would be up two games to one? I would say no, no. but no. <laughs> I would say, okay, if you say yes or no, that's fine. Let me ask you another question. We keep Murray in, but Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz are scratched for Rito and Ricola. Do you think that they're up two games to one in the series? Oh, man. Um, I'm honestly tempted to lean yes, because I don't think they would have been on the ice for five of the eight Canadians, goal, Canadians goals, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, so I'm honestly tempted to lean less in that yes in that regard, especially considering how Jack Johnson was basically being a pylon when Paul Byron was doing a wraparound on Matt Murray, and then Justin Schultz had one job on the goal before that and could even lift Jonathan Drouin's stick as he's literally right next to the net and just tipped it in. So I would imagine Chad Ruedel and Yusuf Rikula could have done a bit better than that, so that the Penguins could be up in this series. To be honest, um, but. I mean, I guess it's a mute point now. They're, they face elimination tomorrow in Sydney Crosby's right. birthday. Um, Chad, are there any other lineup players that you would just change? I guess I, I think one of the big one for me, I would take Evan, put Evan Rodriguez in, take Sam Lafferty out. I mean, not really sure what you do with Patrick Marlowe at this point. I mean, it, it was fun to Scratch acquire him. him. Yeah, it was, honestly, it was fun to acquire him. You know what? Kind of like the Matt Cullen situation, you know, try to send him off with the Stanley Cup. He's never won one before. I know Matt yeah. Cullen had won one before. But, you know, you're just trying to get this guy a cup and then he can retire. But, you know, I thought he was bad in game one. I thought he was good in game two and then just took a big step back yesterday. I mean, wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if they went McCann, Rodriguez, Hornquist. What, what do you think? Yeah, I should absolutely do that. Marlowe, it's not I'm a big Marlowe fan. I actually, like, when I played all the NHL video games, which I did every year, for him, like he's one of the top wingers I go out and try to get um, to play with Crosby and Malkin. If they would have got Patrick Marlowe when he was 33 years old, I mean, I, this team would be humming, but he's 40 and the skates just aren't there, man. 
and the metrics were even worse. Like I was like, I'm seeing here, like I went late on natural stature, and he had the worst metrics on the team as far as all the forwards go. He just doesn't have. There's no tank left in that gap. There's no gas left in that tank. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Rodriguez, what'd you go get Rodriguez for? Anyways, the only reason why they even got Marlon was because Jake Gensel was not supposed to be available. Mm. Was, but then COVID happened, and they have. There's no rule for him. He's not a third line player. That's not the role that he's supposed to go do. So you go get Rodriguez. He's a checking forward. He has speed. You know, he has all those little things that all the, you know, the blue-collar hockey fans like. So go put him in the lineup. That's what you need. You need Crosby and Malkin's line to go out there and check and forecheck and backcheck and, and try to control the, the ice while the other while your two top lines are resting. So yes, you have Rodriguez. Right away, those two guys in the lineup increase your team's speed automatically. Also, Brian Rust needs to be on the first power play. He leads the team in goals. There is no reason why he shouldn't be on a top power play. Yeah, and I do not understand why Brian Rust has not been on the power play at all. I mean, I know they like Patrick Hornquist's net front presence there. He does his job usually pretty well. Hell, he scored last night. But I do think there needs to be room for Brian You can Rust still have Hornquist on there. Go Rust, Hornquist, Malkin, Cross, and Latang. Yeah, I think that's fine. You can move Jake Ensel to the second unit. J- Jake has been, I mean, Jake's looked rusty a bit this series, but I mean, that's to be expected. He was out, out for five freaking months with a really bad shoulder injury. So, I mean, you can move Jake Ensel to the second unit. I mean, they could also play with John Marino on the top power play unit. Chris Latang has still looked good on the top unit, but for some reason, when Chris Latang is not on the ice after a big shift and they get a power play, they'll still put Justin Schultz out there for whatever reason to think that it's still um, 2017. And even if you're not going to make those, even if Sullivan's not going to make those lineup changes, because I don't want to sit here and get all like, get my hopes up. Oh yeah, they're going to make, he's going to do all this and make all these adjustments. Because with the same damn lineup they went with the other night and maybe just put Jari in. So even if that's they do that, or they just put McCann back in for Lafferty and they put Jari and that's the only change they make. You can still twink, uh, uh, tinker with things during the game. One thing I would like to see is, okay, once we get to a certain point, we're going to shorten our bench. We're only going to play eight or nine forwards because, honestly, there's only eight or nine forwards actually contributing anything worth a damn. One of those guys who I honestly was kind of skeptical of is Brandon Tanev. He's probably one of the best forwards in the series. He Okay, once, once you shorten that bench, let him go out there and have a couple shifts with the big guys because – Again, one thing we've noticed is the Penguins aren't the fastest team anymore. That's how they, they won those Cups. They just skated by everybody. Well, everybody's caught up with them at this point, including Montreal. I don't know about you, but I don't look at this, watch these games and go, Penguins. sometimes it looks like the Penguins can't keep up with Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Brandon Tanev is fast. He's good at going to get pucks. He can create chances. I would love to see him just get even a few shifts with Malkin or, or Crosby. Yeah, I, I, that would be honestly really, really good. I know some. I know I would hate to break up the Aston Reese Bluger tandem line because it has been really, really good. And Teddy Bluger finally had his first uh, playoff goal yesterday. But I mean, Brandon Tanev. A lot of people dumped on that contract, myself included. I'm still eating crow to this day, but he has been absolutely outstanding for the Penguins in this series and all season. He's probably the fa- one of the fastest players on the team. I mean, you could put Gensel with Crosby and Tanev, move Sherry down to the third line. I don't really think. People would really mind with that, and then keep with um, keep the Zucker Malkin Russ line going. I think that would be totally fine. But um, 
Chad, I think that might uh, do it unless you have anything else to add for going into tomorrow. Um, I know it's super, Sidney Crosby is going to be very superstitious for the game tomorrow since it's his birthday. But, I mean, I, I have a good feeling if they make the right lineup changes that they're going to force a Game 5. I'm just curious to see if they actually have the balls to do it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think this is a defining moment. Not a defining moment, but I think this is a going to be a big... Like, if they lose a series, I mean, like I said, you're talking about losing the Islanders from Montreal back-to-back years and, and zero and, and losing, what, eight of your last nine playoff games? Or yeah. Even if they go to game five, nine of their last 11 playoff games. At that point, I think, no, you don't fire people after just two, two bad playoffs in a row. But and then you've entered that next point. Well, okay, at that point, next season – if things don't get better, we need to start reevaluating because we don't want to waste the last few years of Crosby and Malkin's career. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I don't think Mike Sullivan and Jim Rutherford would be fired after this. You know, I think Mario would keep and Ron would keep them around. But you know, if they start to struggle next season, they don't make the moves needed to in the offseason, like getting a brand new third pairing that's really cheap, remaking the third line, and if they go out to a slow start, I think they you could see some really major major big changes happening during the um, the next season. But uh, Chad, thank you so much for coming on this episode of Locked on Penguins. This was a ton of fun to do. Um, I'm sure, you know, if the Penguins lose tomorrow, I'm, we're going to have you on during the offseason. But, you know, if they do come back and win this series, I'm definitely going to have you back on um, during this run because as it looks like they'll play Washington or Boston if they do come back and win. Yeah, sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, go Pens. Yeah, perfect, man. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Uh, They'll probably be after the game, so we'll see if the Penguins force a Game 5 or if they will be eliminated. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.